I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Darren O'Sullivan on Sports Joe. Hi there, you're very welcome along to the GR with me, Darren O'Sullivan, and thanks to Irish Rail, I'm stuck in Kerry, and I'm joined today from Donegal, Ian McGee, and Keen Mackey has taken over my seat in the studio, and do not get too comfortable there, Keen. and I can see you've put an extra pillow underneath your arse there to make you that bit taller, I can see it alright. How are we doing, boys? All good, all good, very comfortable up here. Yeah, and Eamon, I'm presuming you're getting dogs abused for your effort in the skills challenge. Not at all, because it just went as we all would expect it or go now. So um, I can, the only I thing can I... about it in terms of the, the coaching part of it, if any if any of the young fellas that I would have been coaching down through the years pulled off some of the techniques, you would just put the red red pen through their names. So uh, that's the, I've, I've lost out in a bit of that. I can't give out to anybody anymore. Ah, look, sure, look, it's all with a crack. I can, I can see Keen there is trying to hold in the laughter, but we'll see how you get on. I think your 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 attempts are coming out this week on social media, Keen. So you might have to keep your powder dry, or maybe, maybe, who knows? You might be like a lot of the cabin forwards yesterday, chipping it over the bar, no bothers. No, that that's why they're going well, is because I'm gone. I, I I was a bad shooter at the best of times. Ah, it's all about the assists, like yeah. Trent Alexander. Yeah, can we have an assist challenge? Maybe that that might suit us a wee bit better. I think we might. That might now we're us. talking. Now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> I think the three of us know that to suit us. But uh, it was a good weekend of football action. Talenting Cup was on, um, front and centre. Um, do you know what? It was actually interesting this weekend with RT showing both games. It was the first time in, geez, I couldn't tell you how long, that it was all positive about the analysis and uh, the lads that were on and the co-commentary and everything. So it was actually great to actually not have anything negative going on the weekend. But Keane, you must have been delighted. It was, a, it was a win. Wasn't as convincing maybe as a lot of people thought it was going to be. And I suppose with the start Kevin got, it looked like it was going to be a bit easy. But from a neutral point of view, it was brilliant to watch. Yeah, like from from going into the match, from watching with say Sligo uh, through the league and stuff like that, I thought going forward they were very very dangerous, but defensively they were they were going to 
come under pressure. But they're, they're really like their matchups. Like Paddy Lynch was really, really held held very tight for the for the whole for the whole seventy minutes, which was a huge surprise. And we got a lot more from our wing forwards in midfield. You know, getting our scores and half backs, which was which was good to see. But uh, I think the most disappointing thing was was the goal chances we gave away. The, the whole way through maybe the, the National League and, and the Talchin Cup, we were, we were fairly solid in that respect. So I'd say like management will, will, will definitely look at that to, to tighten up, especially the way Westmead came through awfully as well, you know. So that, them goal chances can't, can't be given away in, in the final. So look at all in all, uh, 20 points, 17 from play, I think it was. Mm. Uh, maybe 12, 13 different scorers. You know, I think it was 11 different scores in the first half. You know, like so, yeah. it, that's a huge bonus. You know, you're not over reliant on on one or two to get seven or eight points. You know, so that makes it a lot harder for Westmead to kind of pin down any single player. You know, Paddy Lynch was kept quiet, and we still kicked twenty points. You know, so like that. That's the type of thing that 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 will be really, really positive for for the Cavan management team and and like for supporters. You know, it's it's another big day out in Crow Park, and and there's a huge buzz. Like I went in to get a sandwich in in Virginia at. At half nine, ten o'clock Sunday morning, and it was it was chocker blocked. Like you know, you, uh, people's buying into to go and support the team as well, which is huge. Yeah, and like you said there, they actually had eleven different scores uh, from the eleven scores they got in the first half. And Eamon, um, and I suppose you probably like myself after watching the first fifteen minutes, they're up six nil. Sligo finally got their first point in the board. I, th- I thought it was just going to be a kind of a bit of a stroll, a dominant performance by them. But uh, it was impressive by Sligo. They dug deep and they made a good game of it. And like Keen said, if they'd taken even one of, one or two of them goal chances, it would have it would have made a right game because it would be an interest to see how Kevin actually re- reacted to it. Yeah, definitely. You know, when we were going, Kevin went 6-0 up there and I was just thinking to myself, this is the last thing the Talton Cup needs. You know, showpiece in Crow Park. Decent crowd at it. Um, and they just need a need a game now to match it. You know, there's yeah. a good wee buzz about it as well marketed. But in fairness, the Sligo dug dug deep, and as as Keen says, you know, Cavan will be looking at some of the the goal chances they coughed up because when you look through them chances, you probably say Cavan were a wee bit lucky coming out of it now, but they they progressed, and it was good to see the way the players and to see the likes of McKeon and celebrate the scores. Um, and the show it wasn't a matter of just coming out and smiling and you know it's it's just another game it meant something to them and it meant the way they played the way that, that both teams acquitted themselves it meant something and once you see that once the supporters see that that's when they they'll they'll buy into it if they see the players really going at it and it means something to them it's then you know contagious to the to supporters yeah, and I think McKiernan actually described it as an All-Ireland semi-final after the game, which was actually great, because that's, a, that's exactly what it was. Um, so that was good. And like even um, the interviews before the game, like they're all positive fellas. are delighted. Even Heston will talk about the other game later, but they're, they're all buying into their good games. But uh, Keen, for the penalty, there was t- talks of it being outside the box. I suppose you'll have your cabin hat on, but what were you thinking? Uh, look, at. It's one of them ones momentum is going to take them well inside the box. If 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 it was a Cavan if it was a Cavan penalty, you'd be calling it all day long. Like so, yeah. I don't think anyone was really 
really given out about it. Like it was a, it was borderline either way. So you kind of give the, the benefit of the doubt. Like if, if it was a wee bit further out, you, you might have a bit of an argument. But we, we were probably lucky not to give away an, another penalty. We, we spoke about kind of a foot block yeah. uh, incidents in the in the Monaghan Mayo game. And, and I think we were quite lucky not to not to give away a penalty near the end. Um, I think it was uh, Killian the Gunner just was stretching across and, and his leg got in the way and your man... Um, not sure who it was. Kick, kick the back of his leg like that for me would be more of a foot block. But look, we were we were counting our lucky stars at that stage that that it, that it wasn't because that would have given them serious momentum going into the last couple of minutes. And it, it was tight enough as it was. If they had got a goal at that time, uh, it would have been a lot of a lot of a lot of digging deep to to pull it out yeah. for Cavan then. But um, look at it's it's little decisions like that that. That kind of change games, but I don't think Sligo were, were were complaining for a penalty either. So it it, it might oh. have been just as bad as it looked maybe on the TV. Yeah, name and from a Sligo point of view, look, I suppose it was a lot of positives. I suppose the negative is they they could have chipped in with an awful lot more scores. I think they were I don't know was it nerves or what was it at the start, but uh, Pat Spillane uh, started midfield, mm-hmm. and like he he is a bit of a chip off the old block with his engine. In fairness, he chipped in with a couple of scores and. He spent most of the year kind of coming off the bench, but he, I, I was impressed with him. Like he's a fella now who, obviously, he left his own club down here, Temple Nord, to go up to St Jude's in Dublin. And by all accounts, when he joined the when he joined the club, he was kind of playing with their second team. And COVID came, and I suppose he put the head down and did a lot of training with a with a speed or a sprint coach. Um, but he, I was I was really impressed with him, and it just goes to show like some fellas who mightn't get the the chances maybe in a, in a stronger county, they go off and, you know, they find their feet. But I thought he was very good yesterday. Yeah, he, he seems to be a baller now. Like, you, you need to ask the question, why wasn't he involved from, mm. you know, earlier on in, in the season? You know, he would have been featuring at stages now, but, you know, he he probably one of these boys that just needs to, he's overshadowed because there's so much talent with Kerry. And it seems to be, you know, there's good players within good counties that just don't get the chance. And, you know, I, I'm not necessarily a massive fan of, you know, if it's genuine work reasons and, you know, family reasons, you know, you, you go to another county, but not, you know, the lure of a medal or anything like that there. That's, so I, I don't know what Spillane's case is now, but it's when something, when an opportunity like that comes for, for someone like Spillane, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity to be able to go out and, and express yourself and, you know, maybe show the lads down about your neck of the woods that, you know, I am a baller here. You know, I mm. probably did deserve a chance. So it's, it's, it's nice. It's nice to see. It's nice to see for him. Yeah. No, I, 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 I suppose I, I wouldn't be big into transfers, but I suppose a lot of fellas know and if they're down the country, they have to move to Dublin for work and it's very hard if you're a club player to be up and down for the club and, get the opportunity then to play county and obviously we have Connor Cox playing for Ross Common and doing the business there and you know and you know just maybe just under the pecking order down in a stronger counties is always good to get a crack somewhere else. But uh for Sligo like I think the geez the Telton Cup has been brilliant for them the last couple of seasons. They've only had one championship game and obviously going into this key competition key more time together, getting a chance to get young lads in there get a run of games, build momentum like that. The Bud's going to Crow Park in the heart of the summer with a chance to get to a final. And look, they fell short in the end, but it, you'd imagine it's only going to benefit them going forward now, Keen. Yeah, look, at even watching the, their forward play, it's it's very, very good. Like the, 
the, they opened us up two or three times with, with beautiful kick passes. Like so, there's talent there without a doubt, and and you probably lose talented players years ago when, you, as you say, you get one championship match here or there, and that's kind of fall out of love going like I'm training like a dog here for this yeah. and are gone you know like so like it was really good and, and you kind of look at it they, they were brought to a point with Lo- with London and then last week or the week before with Leitrim brought, brought to extra time and, and next of all the Titan Cavan who Cavan were, were classed as the the red hot favourites so it just shows there's not a huge huge gap there like when Sligo were only beating London by a point and then they're tightening calf and like there's not a massive, massive gap at the minute in the Talchon Cup. But it's it's a huge thing and I think it was um, uh, Keith Byrne in, on RTE was saying like how much of a, a big thing it was for them to try and get to Crow Park, you know, and we say uh, when a Crow Park's not full, it, it's no good. But for, for the like of the Talchon Cup, if you can get the game to Crow Park, it, it's huge for the player. Because lads oh, like that yes. don't get the chances to play in Crow Park as much as we'll say the Mayo and Kildare. Like them games don't need to be in Crow Park. Them boys get games in Crow Park at least probably once a year or once every two years. So I think for the Talchon Cup, the, the lure of Crow Park is, is massive. Like back when I think it was 2012 or 13 was probably my first time playing in Crow Park and we got London in the last 16 and it was said it was going to be in Crow Park. We were delighted. You know, like that was yeah. the big thing. We didn't want it anywhere else but Crow Park. I had never played in Crow Park up until then, you know. So it, yeah. it was a huge carrot for us when we got there and it was named to be in Crow Park. That was that was brilliant. You know, we got playing in Crow Park twice that year, you know. So for, for teams who are trying to build, getting them into Crow Park is, is a huge thing and, and lads will train and, and, and fight for, for a competition with, with the chance to play in Crow Park and, and a chance and to that, win. And that's Silverman. the debate, Keen. We, we would have mentioned this I think it was last week we talked about what's what's the best thing. You know, you have the players' perspective and the team perspective, and they're all about, and I agree 100% with you, it's all about Crow Park. But then from an atmosphere perspective, and you know you're taking a young fella to, you know, 15,000 makes no, doesn't fill Crow Park at all. And he, that young fella, what experience is he going to get? So there's there's a whole debate there in terms of, What's the best route to go? And, you know, you've made the case, I made the case that we should be taking them into tighter grounds. And you're you're saying there the Crow Park is, you make a strong case there against me. Yeah, well, as I, you normally do. I, I'd firmly believe, <laughs> I'd firmly believe like the, the earlier rounds build up the atmosphere and, and have the tight pitches and, and the crowd. But there always has to be a carrot. The carrot can't be always just for the final. Like there's only two teams getting to that. The carrot is Crow Park for these teams. Now, in, in a couple of years' time, when the Talchon Cup is really, really flowing and Leitrim and Sligo and Wexford have played in Crow Park four or five times, you know, when everyone's starting to get that, then you can start thinking, right, everyone's getting their fair share of games in Crow Park, then we can start looking at atmosphere. But, like, kids, kids still love, like, walking up to the stadium at Crow Park, even when it's not full. You can imagine yourself as a, as a cub walking up and seeing this stadium. Like you're still going to remember that moment walking in, you know, it'll be better when it's full without a doubt. But you, you imagine you eight or nine years of age walking up like this is like walking to the new camp for them kids, yeah. you know. So like there's there's different ways. Look, at I, I agree with your point, too, that the atmosphere is huge. But I think you have to look at the players at the moment, their perspective, and they mm-hmm. want to play in Crow Park because there's many a player back over the last 15, 20 years, never ever got to play in Crow Park because it was only the real big occasions. And look, at I was 
25 or 26 I think it was before I got to play in it and I was half thinking to myself I might never get playing in it now I was lucky enough to play in it maybe 6 or 7 times after the fact but it's still it's still one of them things that players you want to play in, in the Coliseum that is Crow Park whether it's full or, or half empty you still want to get a run out and, and say you played on it so it's just yeah, it's a big thing for the, for the Talchin Cup I think anyway Oh yeah, and like that, it is semi-finals and finals, and I think it it kind of makes a difference too with the the counties as well. Obviously, you know if you're from one of the bigger counties and you're bringing the young lad there, and there's no atmosphere, obviously, you know there would be another day where the atmosphere is going to grow. But for a lot of the counties, let's say, are getting to the Talton Cup semi-final or final, it might be their first time players and the supporters getting a chance to go to Crow Park, and I suppose. It's one of them situations where I'll be stuck on the fence because I can see you can see arguments from both sides. But uh, look, I thought look, it's brilliant for the Talton Cup to have the semi finals. I actually think going forward, it might be an idea that only semi finals and finals, but it's going for the Sam McGuire, the Talton Cup should be in Crow Park. You know, like that is your carrot at the end of the stick. And I mentioned it, I think it was last week with the FA Cup. They kind of diluted Wembley by bringing quarterfinals and other games to it, you know, make it special and bring the bring the games all over the place but the reward should be you get to a semi-final or final and you get into Crow Park but just getting back to the game um, a big moment in the game was actually Niall Murphy coming off the bench um, would have been interesting to see how close they would have been if he'd actually started the game because his movement was outstanding the boys were kicking it it was actually such an enjoyable game to watch um, in terms of just the free flowing and the direct play going in but he had four points, and I think he was involved in two other scores as well. Like that's a big impact off the bench, I and mean, it'd be interesting if they could have chanced him maybe from the start. I'm not sure how bad the hamstring injury was. It, it seemed to be going all right, and yeah, this is the, it seemed that this is the debate we have. Why, if you're going to bring him on, you know, full pelt, why why not start him? Um, maybe. They, they were holding back and saying, we'll see how we get on. Do we need him? And then, and once we need him, we'll throw him on and possibly save him for, you know, a potential final. But, you know, we definitely made a difference and he's, he's someone that has that caliber, you know, quality forwards, you know, quality forwards that are going to cause ball, they're going to one ball, you know, going to, you know, score and threat are just hard to come by. You know, we go back to what the, we we're talking about the skills competition. Yeah. We can all do the assists. But it's actually putting the ball over the bar and becoming a threat. That's that's the big one, and that's the key to the you know successful teams as they they have few forwards that are real real threats. And you know it's not just one singular now; it's it's multiple threats. And you know Neil Murphy, you know he he fits that bill. Um, and probably you know management are going to make the best call because they want to be in the final as much as as anybody and. They probably thought they weighed up the pros and cons to it and says, you know, we'll we'll hold back with Murphy now. But it would have been interesting to see, you know, they talk about the goal chances. If there was someone that had that head in them up and around yeah. that area and, you know, those goal chances could have been, you know, goals. Yeah. And I suppose, look, going forward, I suppose, if Kevin are back in the final, well, I say back in the final, they're in the final, we all expect him to get there from the start. But uh, the more I actually listen to Mickey Graham, um, Keen, the more I like him. He comes across as such a good a good manager, like just so decent guy. Um, I was listening to an interview he had before the, I think it was the day before the final, 
and he more or less saying, look, this is the level we found ourselves at, you know, once the, once the championship went, we decided we we're going to focus solely on it. And he, he kind of described it as like the club scene with the intermediate and the UEFA Cup in the soccer. He goes, to get to the, ne- to the next level, you have to be what's put in front of you. And I just, like, he could have kind of thrown his, thrown ties out of the pram, not ties out of the pram, but kind of showed a lack of interest. But they went for it. And I just, I loved his attitude. I loved his in- his interviews he's had since. And it's because of the managers and the players that have been involved that have made the competition as successful as it has been. Because the promotion side of things, it still has to pick up. But the likes of Mickey Graham, the likes of the Kevin boys, and the Sligo lads, obviously, as well, their attitude towards this competition has been outstanding. Yeah, look, at it, it's great. Like Mickey's a, as, as a player, he was a very intelligent corner forward. You know, he, he knew how the game went and he's kind of brought that into, into the Cavan system. You know, like Cavan from years previous would have played like more on passion and nearly like a Mayo, like played with the crowd and stuff like that. Now you can, you can notice like, some of our best players are our smartest players, you know, like they know where to be and when to be there. Like like Jason McLaughlin there, outstanding, you know, yesterday. He just knows where to be, cutting ball out, you know, they, they press the kick out really well. He he just knows, Mickey, to be fair to him, he knows what he's really good at and wh- where he needs help. And that's what a good manager is. Like he, he has Shawnee Johnson there in with the forwards, like clearly doing good work, like 17 points from play. You know, like that, like that's a phenomenal stat. And then there's Ricey there to help out in defence, and then Martin Corey and, and Andre. Do you know, like he's got a really good team together, and like, th- like the best managers, you know, they don't think they know it all, you know. And, and and Mickey, to be fair to him, knows where he needs his little bit of extra expertise, and he's bringing the whole thing together. And look at it, it's 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 been a real successful year for for Cavan. You know, the the goal was get out of Division Four. They've done that. Then look at it was obviously to get to an All Star final. But put in, put in a real good stint in Ulster as well, you know, and 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 put themselves back on the on the map. Everyone's talking about them again, and the teams gone by previously probably would have faltered and and lost to a Sligo there. But Cavan now are, are playing up to the tag as favourites and and are in the final like everyone really predicted, you know. But it's just another step, and if if they can win silverware, then it's it just shows that that Cavan are really going in the right trajectory at the minute. And look, and at, see when you talk about Mickey Graham there. Like since his time with Molinacta, was it four years ago? He he was involved with with Kevin then, and you know, everything you hear has been so good about him, and that, that's why it just baffles me that I that Kevin found himself in Division Four. When any any time I've watched Kevin, you know, in the champion the big days, they're you know we've come away thinking they're impressive. You know, there's a wee bit about them here, so it just baffles me to see how they managed to end up in Division 4 because, you know, you can argue about they don't give a, a hoot about the league and there's all about championship. Now, we've we've known that we've heard this, had this argument. That's the wrong way to go at. You know, that's across the board. You know, you need to be in the higher divisions to making a good tilt at the championship here. Um yeah, I don't, so I don't, I don't think it was that the league wasn't, it wasn't a big thing. Like it was a big thing and, you just it was kind of like a transition of players I'd say that Mickey was trying to put his own kind of style in place and, and it just takes a little bit of time he, he got his feet under the table and it just didn't work out in league campaigns got to an Ulster final you know the league was bad got to an Ulster final lost to a, a good Donegal team and then like that was the stepping stone then that we thought would kick us on then we didn't have a great league and 
I, like I'm not blaming COVID, but like it was a half a league when we went from Division mm-hmm. Three to Four. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a one-off game again. Wicklow, Wicklow came out the more hungry. We, we've seen this loads of times before. Came out more hungry, got the rub of the green. Cavan just played poor and bang Division Four. It just, it's just one of them things, and it, it would have been worse if Cavan didn't. Like when you get into them divisions, sometimes you you start to play under yourself. You know, you get dragged into a dog fight. But Cavan in Division Four, to be fair to them, you know they they played classy football, won each game comfortably enough, five six points, didn't go running away with it. You know they just played the percentages, won the games, and it, it stood to them now coming forward. You know because if they had have, if they had went and hammered teams out the gate in Division Four, they would have come in against Donegal and and it wouldn't they wouldn't have been in a good place at all because they would have been too comfortable. You know Mickey chops and changed the whole way through the league. You know. Loads of lads got game time, so you're, you're kind of bearing fruit from that now. You know, like you've you've lads coming back in from injury, and you've just as good a players on the bench. Do you know, like f- when you're looking at the Cavan squad, they're not as household names, but like there's 24, 25 players there that are actually vying for a spot every week. So it, it's actually quite a tough job to be saying you're not playing this week. Like there's Connor Madden. Like he he pretty much won the won the Ulster final for them against Donegal, you know, with some outrageous scores. He can't get in the team, you know. So I was just, just going to say, where where's he? Now? I, I can't believe that. Thing. You know, like so that that just kind of shows where you're at at the minute in Cavan, where someone with with the quality of Conor Madden is struggling to get into the team, you know, and 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 that's that's a huge plus for Cavan, and and once we keep these boys together for as long as we can, like it, it's going to improve, like. Years previous, we were losing players hand over fist. You could have been losing two, three top quality players every year. Like you were losing David Givney, Eugene Keaton, Martin Dunn. Like they, like they were massive players for us, and they were gone. At this moment in time, Cavan are keeping their players. You know, and it's yeah. it, it's a huge plus. But I, I just think the league thing was it was just a blip, couple of games, and and sometimes when you get in a rut of losing a couple of games. You just can't get yourself back going again. I think that was a huge thing for Cavan in the league, dropping down. But I think momentum's coming with them now and and it's been really good for them this year. Winning Division 4, you know, it, it really set the ball rolling for, for their championship. Silverware always helps and I suppose the chance to get into another final now and the chance for Silverware again, you know, it just kind of brings the group closer together and makes people want to be more part of that. But I suppose in the other semi-final, it was an all-Leinster affair, Westmead and Offaly bit more comfortable. Westmead were hugely impressive, but I suppose before the game, uh, unfortunately for Offaly, Niall Darby was ruled out with a crucial ligament injury. Uh, John Mahon was saying how shattered he was. and It was a tough blow for Niall, who's been playing well all year, and I think he's at 33 or 34, so it's a tough one to come back from. So hopefully we can see him again um, with Offaly next season. But it's a tough blow for him, but uh, it just didn't happen for Offaly. Westmead looked incredibly impressive, I thought, um, Eamon. Yeah, Westmead looked so good, you know. Um, listen, we, we have to call out to the fact that the Offaly, you know, they've, they've put up resistance in spells, mm-hmm. um, and spells, but Westmead's moved the ball really, really well, really impressed. And, you know, that, that seemed to be the theme yesterday, that there were some great aspects of attack and play on display. Um, and, and I wonder, is the attacking easier to coach, you know, good attacking play? Than the defensive, than the defensive stuff, collective defensive defending. You know that that's one of the things that came away from the two games yesterday. 
why are we seeing so much good going forward, but going back? And I mean that collectively. You know, mm. there's some good individual defensive battles yesterday, but as a defensive unit, you know, why was there such a a difference in class? And that seems to be the when the top Division One teams, they're all about, you know, shutting it out. And then you can argue that philosophy, there's more enjoyable games yesterday. Mm. Um, yeah. More free-flowing. And maybe that's something going forward for, you know, coaches. If we want to make the games more enjoyable, let's more emphasis on attacking play, but we're going to suffer, suffer at the suffer at the other end. But no, what's made we're really, really impressed with them. Yeah, no, I think I think a lot of the games, you know, especially the games that we'd be, I suppose, giving out about and people try to make them more complicated, but I think a lot of it is teams are going out trying not to lose at times instead of going out to win, whereas the games yesterday were very much open, free-flowing, and Westmead obviously were very strong, but they still left an awful lot behind them as well. Um, awfully, look, they're, just, they're a very young group. They're very reliant on a couple of the under-20s under sorry, that won the All-Ireland recently. So, look, they'll be coming good, but Keen, I suppose, looking at the game yourself, and I suppose you'll be trying to look at it from a neutral, but you're you very firmly got your cabin hat on. There's a lot to worry about there. The likes of John Heslin there is moving really well up in the forwards for Westmead and Ray Cannell in there around the middle. He's he's a powerhouse. So, like, Cabin will have a, a lot of work to do going into this final. Yeah, look, going forward, Westmead look, look very, very dangerous. Like, McCartan at 10 is some pace, O'Toole at 11, you know. These boys are, are, are serious footballers and, and comfortable off both feet, running a pace, kicking scores and... And Heston, look at when he's on song, he's as good as anyone in the country. But um, I, I awfully left themselves wide open. Like the, you could drive a bus down the middle in the first half, you know, and then they weren't quick enough to on the line to to go right. This is an issue. And then Westmead were way too far in front. Then Do you know, like mm. it, it was just hard to see what awfully were were bringing to the table in the first half. They were neither pressing the kick out nor sitting back. You know, they were just caught in that middle third and. It was just hard to to see. I'd say Westmead were kind of licking their lips, going like this: "This is too easy." But when when they got to grips with the whole thing, awfully then caused Westmead a lot of trouble in the second half. You know, so I'd say, like, look at Cavan will be doing plenty of work on them, and Westmead will be doing plenty of work on Cavan. So it'll be trying to stop Westmead getting in for goals will be a huge thing for Cavan because they they got in free flow and in for goal chances and and, and were comfortable putting them away. So. Look at it. It's the two best teams, in my opinion, in the Talchin Cup or in the final. I was I was delighted to see them avoid each other in the semis because I, I thought to myself, if both teams are 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 playing their best football, it'll be a really tasty final. So if they can both bring what they brought yesterday, it, it's going to be a cracker. But look at as a Cavan supporter, you really hope that we we shut the shut up shop a wee bit better than than we did yesterday. But um. I think yesterday possibly a small blip for Cavan because Cavan in general are, are fairly good and secure. Like as as Eamon would be able to say from when we played Donegal, like there was huge amount of turnovers in that D, you know. And and yesterday maybe it's the Crow Park factor. As as I said before, it's very hard to do a blanket defence in Crow Park. You know, it's so so wide and big and it, it's just tricky. So. I, I don't know. It's 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 wide open. Wide open. Like I, I, I knew Westmead were decent. I knew they were good, but yesterday they they really, really um they really put me under pressure to to, to be confident for next week because they played so well, you know, but it's uh, it's gonna be a tasty game. 
Yeah, like Westmead are obviously very good, and like just going back to Offaly, I think they're probably lucky to have Anton Sullivan buzzing around the place because he he really was ever, and he was kind of carrying the fight for long for long stages. But it was a strange one I felt by Offaly the way they just they didn't press any of the Westmead kickouts. They kind of left them have it. Like I don't know. Like then when they eventually did, it was too late. Like can you find a reason for that, Eamon, or is it just to try and mind the house a small bit, or? Get your shape. It like it was a strange one for me watching it. Why you wouldn't? Put it's, 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 a stra- it's a strange one now. It's it's not a case. I, th- I think the three of us are about long enough to say that we're there. You can make arguments for dropping off in a kicker. We're we're past that stage where you know people say, "Oh, you have to press up. You have to press up." You can make an argument. You know, yeah. Just to take a maybe possible one of the things is to take away that transition to defense where you're just set up on defense. Wherever way you're going to set up, you set up. Um, and maybe they weren't confident. Maybe they 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 looked at West Maiden and says, "Listen, this is a weapon of theirs. Let's." But it it, it didn't look like that. It it just mm-hmm. didn't look like that there uh, yesterday. It just looked like that they just didn't didn't back themselves. Yeah. In terms of a bit of a fear factor, maybe. Out. Yeah, and I think this goes back to your fear factor. They they're more afraid. They're more afraid, and they just didn't really go after it. Um. So it's it's hard it's hard to when it's the same with everything we're we're making an analysis of the game and we're saying you know pressing off but obviously there there was talk during the camp and you know they made a rational which we'd like to think a rational logical decision to say this is the reason we're not going to you know go for that that full press here we're going to stand off and we're going to let them walk and just get the turnover and maybe break then like um but. No, it was kind of disappointing to watch on and, and see that. Yeah, I, yeah. Look, I didn't really look. They scored two sixteen, which is which is good scoring, and you'd expect to win a lot of games with that. But like that, I think they will have regrets. But look, it's a, they're down a lot of bodies. They're very reliant and young lads. So look, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Um, from a Westmead point of view, um, just listen to John Hesselin after the game in his interview. Like that, that Crow Park argument we had earlier, how much of a big deal it was for them getting to Crow Park. And he mentioned about the young lads. Um, he goes, you just get them the ball, especially in Crow Park, because it's so big and they do their thing. Um, he was on about the supporters coming up. So it was good. And like even seeing the interview, like he, he was in great form. He was like going on about enjoying the, the night now ahead and getting back full training and being tra- training for championship with the chance of silverware for the likes of Westmead, now Cavan in the part of the summer is such a a big thing for him. And like you mentioned, the younger lads like Larkin Dolan, two one yesterday, um Keen. So like they have a couple of players there that Cavan are gonna have to be careful of. Um O'Toole there on the forty. He had a he had an unbelievable sidestep on him there. He got fouled for one in the first half right in front of goal, but I was actually getting dizzy watching him jinking off the left and the right. I didn't know which way he was gonna go. Yeah, like it's 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 kind of like both teams in the final have no marquee. Well, you could you could argue the fact Heslin is the marquee for Westmead, but like you can't just overemphasize all your defending on on Heslin now. Where we maybe three four years ago you keep Heslin quiet, you, you keep Westmead mm-hmm. quiet. Now, as you said, McCartan O'Toole, these boys, these are dangerous lads, and and they they've pace in abundance, pace in abundance. So like Cavan. Like probably lucky there's three weeks because both teams are going to have to do a lot of work on on the other team because like conceding two sixteen and Cavan conceding one fourteen 
neither management team will be happy with that because you know if if you concede that in a final and the other team are are, are fairly tight in defence you know most games is one with one one fourteen or two fifteen you're in general you're not losing you know so yeah. it, it's going to be it's just I I think a huge thing is going to be around the middle because. Gavin aren't going to give Westmead the kick out. There's no fear of that. Definitely not. They're going to squeeze the life out of them. They've huge men around the middle. So, like, it's it's just, I think that's where we possibly have the edge is the height around the middle. Yeah. And I think that could be playing into our wheelhouse. But the the fear factor of that is if you're not winning it and the pace Westmead have, you know, you, you can be under pressure. So it's it's just, it's one of them games that, I don't know. Like, I was I was going through it last night. I was watching the golf and I was trying to figure out like what is the best way to go about it. Like, but you have to go and back yourself. You know, like Offaly yeah. didn't, as as Eamon said, Offaly didn't back themselves. So then next to all, they found themselves eight nine points behind. The game was gone. The game was gone at half time. Do you know? So they they then backed themselves and the, and they brought it into the mix for the second half. Yes, it was made probably took the foot of the gas a wee bit too, but. It's just one of them things. I think having to be confident in their own ability, one on one defending, they'll be confident and and around the middle. So, it's just I I think the middle will be the middle third will be huge in this game. Whoever wins that, will will go a long way to to winning the Talchin Cup. Yeah, and I suppose that there will be a lot of good um, individual battles going on, and I'm looking forward to seeing Galligan around the middle and Ray Knell, and they're two big men that can both open up the legs so it'll be it'll be exciting to see and I just hope both teams go for the go out for the win and not try and contain each other and aim and I suppose the two of us can look at it from neutral point of views. Um from the start I've been Cavan Red Hot favourites um but just watching Westmead and my uncle's actually from Westmead so I'm under pressure to give them a bit of a bit of support. But uh I'm actually I'm, I'm torn on it now to be fair after seeing the performance of Westmead the weekend. I thought they were really impressive but I suppose from your neutral point of view, which way would you be going? I suppose, and you would have seen Kevin long enough up, up yeah, close. Yeah, no, I, I still think it's it's hard to look past Kevin. You know, from watching them this season and and previous season and the championship, me yeah. in the championship. Um, and this it's, is killing it's, me it's now. You're tipping Kevin. <laughs> yeah, getting <laughs> there, Kate. I'm getting there. You better get nervous. <laughs> I'm gonna put money on Westmead if yeah, he tips Kevin. But it's it, listen. It's hard. The the one thing about Westmead is that you know go back to that league form. They've been about yeah. the the higher league, the, the higher divisions for longer, and they might be you know Crow Park pro- possibly more time through the old Leinster Championship. So they probably have a wee bit more kind of what's the word for just ability in terms of the the mentality for that for mm. that day in Crow Park, but. It's just what the way Kevin and the way you know Keen talked about the backroom team, the Kevin, they they will look at that Westmead team and they will just dismantle it in terms of what's the best way. And, you know that's this wee block now will will leave them in good stead, and they'll just they'll just think they'll just get over the line. Yeah, and there are the the final is going to be on the same day as the All Ireland semi final, ninth of July. Um, do you think it's a good idea or should have had it a day on its own? I actually personally would prefer to see the Talton Cup final on the Saturday and the All-Ireland final on the Sunday. That's me. Obviously, the way it's run this year, um, it's going to be I, on I the think I, I would be with you in that, Darren, to have the, 
the All Ireland finals weekend where you're going yeah. on the Saturday and and the Sunday. You know, I don't know. Would you have been knocking about the Kilmacud Sevens on the on the Saturday a few a few years? And there's a great. No, I, I, I know, yeah, I know. I've, look, I know of it. I've, I've no less yeah. done it, but I've never gone myself. No, but the, um, the crowd's yeah. up, and you know, everybody's having a few pints afterwards. And there's you know Dublin that night night of the before the All Ireland final. It's great crack and. You know, you could make a football festival of it now, but I understand. Listen, I've I've listened to Fergal McGill and when he outlaid his points in terms of they want to give the Talc Cup their own, they don't want it overshadowed because the reality of it is we we can only put so much coverage. You know, the papers can only carry so much GA coverage. Mm. You know, the radio can only talk about so much. And yeah, maybe it's better just to say Talc Cup. Here's your build-up spot. Here's yeah. your marketing or whatever way you want to put it and then say here's the all Ireland senior final here um but uh, you know the idea of that football festival would be very very appealing yeah what, what do you reckon Keen? yeah look it, it's it's probably best in in a semi-final but like if you've Kerry Dublin on the ninth you know Kerry Dublin that semi-final will take some tickets you know like yeah. that that probably potentially could fill Crow Park on its own now the GA are probably smart enough to have it on the opposite side, but like if Armagh and Derry get themselves into a an All Ireland semi final, there'll be not too many people in Armagh and Derry not wanting to go up to that as well. So then, yeah. then you're really clambering for tickets. You know, you'd what did you have sixteen or seventeen thousand at the game yesterday? Do you yeah. know, so you're gonna you're gonna clear twenty thousand anyway between Westmead and and Cavan comfortably for a final. So I. I how many? How many? From for argument's sake, Armagh, Derry. How many are you going to bring to that? Like, will will it will it fill it? It potentially could. Like, yeah. Um. Like, sure. Even for the quarterfinals, and we were on about, you know, bringing them around. And I was kind of saying about going to Parky Cui for it. But by all accounts, they're expecting sixty or seventy thousand on Sunday. Um. At the Kerry Mayo game. And at the double header Sunday, so. Look, the numbers seem to be up, um, but if they did do it uh, as an All Ireland festival weekend, uh, we'd probably need tents or something to stay in a field somewhere with the price of hotels. So um, maybe we do need that's separate a podcast weekends. for another day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going up Sunday, and um, yeah, I'm getting getting badly stung now. To be fair, so my expenses next week, um, Matt, are going to be fairly high. Um, but yeah, no, look, all in all, I think it was a great weekend. Um, Two very good games of football, two from a neutral point of view, really enjoyable games. And I'm looking forward to the final. I hope it builds up to our expectations. And like that, I genuinely believe the only thing lacking this year from the Telton Cup has been a, from a promotional sense. And I do think that is something that will just improve year on year. And I just think all the teams, players and managements that have been involved in it this year need to take credit as well because it, everyone's gone in with the right attitude and it, like I think um, the Westmead manager said after, like, what does winning a semi-final mean? He goes, more time together. That's what they're about. And you can't improve if you're not together. And, like, it's been brilliant. So, lads, I want to say a big thanks uh, for joining me today. Um, sorry it was a bit all over the place with me not being able to get up. Kian, don't get too comfortable in my seat. And we'll see now if you're laughing in a couple of days' time with your skills challenge out in the, out in the open. So, I'm delighted to be saying that I'm going to be joined now by Limerick manager Billy Lee. How are things, Billy? Thanks for joining me today. 
No other gentlemen, thanks for having me. Um all's good. Um trying to adapt back into normal life now after last week. I know. I was gonna ask us the dust has kind of settled now after the, the court game and you probably had time to reflect, but you must be delighted with how the season went and the progress the boys have made. Yeah, we, we overall we're, we're happy with the progress. You know, it's as it's as good as um was a, a good year for Limerick football and um, look as always we're trying to make sure that we sustain that now as we go up to Division 2 and that'll be a, a challenge for us but look we'll, we'll reflect and review the year with the, 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 the lads and the management and see what see where we go from there Yeah and it's, it's you're, you're after your sixth season in charge which is um, it's a fair old commitment um, like obviously I only know about the county game from the playing side and I can only imagine the commitment that goes in behind the scenes that no one else sees. Um, it, it's hard going, um, but you must be delighted to know, and even, I suppose, the way people from outside Limerick are looking at Limerick football now as well, because obviously when I was coming in with Kerry, Limerick were obviously competing, and you're going in the right direction. And for me, I always look at things from a Kerry and a Munster point of view. Munster is starting to get stronger again, and obviously Clare, Cork, Limerick in Division 2 next year. It's exciting times. Yeah, it is. Look, it, it is great. And I suppose, look, I think we all have a bit to find to try and get up to the level carrier at. Um, you know, um, but look, for us, we're striving to go to the next level, whatever that is. I, you know, I think the most defined would have shown that carrier could couple of steps ahead of us, certainly, you know. And um, so we'll try and focus on the next step in the journey and yeah. see can we can we aspire to get to there and um, do all we can to get there, you know. Um, you know, people, you know, you know, Football in Limerick would be down the pecking order of field sports, but uh, look, I never worry about that. I'm around the scene long enough, yeah. 30, 30, 35 years, and we just get on with it, like you know, and and try to push your best foot forward and and you know bring lads in and let them enjoy it. You know, um, it is it is as you rightly said, Dan. It's it's huge work. Like there's you, it never leaves your mind. Um, yeah, I just happened to track the number of hours I was doing on a daily basis, actively involved this year. Just just. Um, friend of mine just said to just to see what it looked like and you're looking at actively doing something about five and a half hours a day I was doing whereas it never leaves the mind though you know yeah. you're lying in bed first thing in the morning or last thing at night there's things going through the head so it's really is full full time for, for everyone and I can only imagine what it's like when you know the John Coyleys and the Jack O'Connors of this world uh, it's it, it is it's huge huge commitment it's funny you you mentioned that actually at the time and um, it was only this weekend a fella said to me well or Swally's he said, you're well retired now. And I told him I was still playing at the club. He kind of laughed at me. But he was asking me, was I involved in any coaching? And I said, um, no, not at the moment. You know, I'm still trying to play away. And I did mention that. I said, I just don't think I'd be able to put in the time, the effort. So, like, when I think about the county game, it's it's just a million miles away from any I'd be thinking. Cause I, and I do think people forget about that, um, the time, the effort. And like you said, you get up in the morning, the first thing you think about is, the last training session or the next training session and that's why uh, with McIntyre there with Mead it was so hard to see the abuse and stuff because people are just so short-sighted and they can't see the work that goes in behind the scene and everything that goes along because it's not just football I find now it's it's man management you're actually a bit of a counsellor for these boys because there could be 30-40 players and they're kind of relying on you to I suppose see how they're feeling not alone, not just playing as well and I suppose Something I was never, I suppose, everything with Kerry when I was involved was was short. It was short term. It was one season, one season. And, you know, when you went in with Limerick and I suppose you were starting on a long-term project and you lost, I think it was 
17 or 18 players. How do you get led to buy into something that, you know, they mightn't see results straight away, but they just have to stick with the process and stick going and stay together and believe in what you're trying to do? Yeah, I think, um, I first look, I think, um, yeah, people, I suppose the general public, you know, they see what we're doing, all the county managers holding the football up and down the country um, and just expect so much because they just think they they, they, they I didn't understand, to be honest with you, what was involved when I first got involved. Um, I remember having the conversation with Paul and Kinnerk at, at, at the academy one morning. He was extending me, he was with Claire and they were meeting up an hour, an hour and a half before training. And I was looking at him thinking, this is mad stuff. I said, what are you at that for? You know, yeah. within six weeks of going in, I was at it myself. You know, yeah. um, it, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, um, and, you know, everyone at this game feels that if they're not doing that, they're not doing it right. So everyone gives everything they can to it. Um, it's very, very unfortunate when, when when people, you know, feel that there's there's abuse online or whatever it is that's just not right at any level, like, you know. And um, it's unfortunate for Mandy. And, you know, when you see his kids having to come out and defend him, I just think that's that's not what the J is about. The J is not what any sport is about, I suppose. Ultimately, yeah. you know, everyone's doing it. Uh, we're not professionals. Everyone's acting like professionals, either yeah. management teams, um, players, and... Um, you know, you do your best and look, if you look at the last 11 years, uh, go back to from 2011 to 2022, there's only been five counties in All-Ireland Finals. Yeah. So invariably, it comes back to the same teams nearly year in, year out. So you've got to find what's, I find, we have to find um, what was success, what we deem success year on year. And um, I suppose when we lost all the players and lads weren't interested in coming in, what we did was, look, we just got a group together who were keen. They were very, very keen to, to represent and play county football. And um, we just bonded them as a team. We got, you know, we didn't focus too much on results at that point. We got them to know each other. So let's say Billy Lee might know Dan Sullivan, but did he actually know him? Did he know yeah. you know what's going on in his life? Where was he working? Was he in college? So we started doing a lot of, you know, certain times in the year, two or three times a year, we have nights out or around Christmas time and, and Philip didn't start to the bond with each other and you know they're really really good friends now after all that and we did that for a couple of years and then when we had that cemented we left it to the boys to look to kind of manage that side of it and we started to focus then back in on the the football in them periods of time they were doing a lot of this and see work to get up to the what's required for this level and and even now after a number of years of it there's still more work to be done in that area you know so um that was a lot of it and a big part of what we do is we make sure we're enjoying it you know there's always times that it's not enjoyable and there's always yeah. times that you know you can't be putting enjoyment first but ultimately we want for this enjoying it if you're traveling an hour or so to train in one way you you know why would you be doing that if you're not enjoying it you know so um, that's a big part of it, a bit of fun and, you know, challenging ourselves. And, and we, we, we set the bar at incremented every year. You know, we didn't, we didn't try to be Dublin and Kerry from the get-go. At the time, we were down at the bottom of Division 4, so the immediate objective was to try and get to the top in the Division 4 and see if we compete there. And you talk it one step at a time and, and it can be no different for next year, you know. Yeah, and I, 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 I like the way you said about enjoying it as well. And I always found that the more I actually thought about football or tactics, the worse I actually played. And sometimes the less of a message I got going out on the pitch, the better I played. And you could ask me what I was thinking about during the game. I couldn't tell you. It was like my mind was blank and I was just yeah. enjoying it. And it was a great way to be. And like even getting the fellas to know each other, it was always when I was asked about getting involved in coaching at some stage, I was there. The only role I could actually see myself doing was as a selector that could actually go around a training nearly on my own 
and keep an eye on fellas and say, well, their Billy's not in a great form the last couple of weeks. Something must be going on. And I always found that that was something that we get so bogged down on tactics and fitness that people forget at times that these players are they're, they're young men. They're, they're, they've stuff going on outside of football. And if you're happy outside of football, things are always that bit easier. So it was actually interesting to see that that was the the, the direction you went and getting these boys kind of comfortable together and building that bond yeah. because... I always say, I think Teckman Sullivan said it in our dressing room one year, um, a fella I want to meet after I retire isn't a fella liking my tweets and sharing my Instagram posts. It's the fella who's going to bail me out when I'm in trouble there or when my man gets away, which was always something that stuck with me, um, just about building that bond. But uh, just going back to Limerick now, and there must be a good buzz around the county now obviously with the footballers going well and the hurlers and the footballers in the, Mon- in the Munster final it must be great just buzz around the place and obviously next year Division 2 having Dublin hopefully coming down to the Gaelic grounds it'll be uh, it'll be exciting times for the boys so they must be looking forward to even getting back into training fairly soon Yeah they will uh, you know there is a good buzz about the football um, and it's you know obviously the hurling is going well and you know all J people and we can Outside the J, even are delighted with that. You know, we waited for so long to get success. You were seeing the Kinnies and the Kellys and the Dublins. You know, I often, I often wondered, will we ever get to see um, lift the Lee McCarthy? You know, but thankfully yeah. we've done, and you know, we're enjoying, we're enjoying the success the lads are having, and it's given a great impetus to people. And the, you know, the feel good factor of being from Limerick, and um, yeah, look, it's great that then we were able to get in at the back of it, and just there's an old saying like the rising tide rises all boats, and um, you know. Lads, you know they they are club mates with a lot of the, the boys who hold yeah. so they could see mistakes. So they started, I suppose, subconsciously trying to emulate what they are doing in terms of how they, they prepare and challenge themselves. And I suppose human nature don't want to be forgotten in it, and um, yeah. they constantly challenge themselves. So it's great, and it is it is great for um, a lot of you know. There's about thirteen or fourteen football only clubs, and of 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 them thirteen or fourteen, about seven of them would have sister clubs in Holland. So does it, you know, does it? A limited pocket and you know holding the laws with the number one GA game in Limerick, like, but um, people are delighted and we get a lot of support on the ground, you know, um, from people and well wishes. And um, you know, people are just delighted. And I suppose anytime we feel that the green jerseys to the fore, we're smiling and happy and enjoying it, yeah. And uh, I'm not sure have you been following the Talking Cup, um, since, since it started because I was actually curious to know, obviously getting promotion and you obviously weren't competing, which was great. You were going competing for the Sam Maguire. Would it have been a competition that you would have liked to have competed in this year? Would you think it would have helped the progress another bit, you know, even the chance to get back to Crow Park and maybe lift silverware in Crow Park? Because I was only thinking about, I suppose, Kevin there um, getting promotion from Division 4, um, winning silverware in Crow Park. And they have the opportunity now to, a few of them players get to climb the steps of the Hogan stand twice in one year, which is, just special yeah. no matter what you're collecting absolutely look i mean firstly i think it's it's a great it's going to be a great competition i think it was it was required you know um if we were there we, we'd have gone full hog at it for sure um whatever you know there's no two ways about it um it, it allowed lads you know i think um jack has mentioned it that uh that it allows Westmead to stay together for longer in the course of the year, yeah. you know, and we'd, we'd have seen it the very same way, like, you know, um, if you could, if you could have got the proper action, better still, and um, and, and better still if you could go up the steps of the hall and stand to collect the trophy, you know. Um, so, yeah, we'd, you know, it, I suppose at the start of the year, um, 
you know, we didn't start thinking about it. I remember someone asking me, uh, have you had thoughts in the championship? And, you know, at the time, whether it was Talton Cup or Sam Maguire, and I had no thoughts in it until the league. I think the league yeah. is such a competitive, everyone just focuses on that. And then you focus on the first round of the championship that you're playing. And, and I think it was only going to be after then, if the, the, the losing teams are going to start focusing, oh, I'm in Sam yeah. Maguire or I'm in... Um, Talton Cup, you know, um, but I think it's great. I think, um, you know, we got the two matches just on television and the Sunday and all the games on. And I think that that's what these things, these competitions need that just bit of, of course, people are interested in the, the higher um, grade of the competitions, whatever sport it is. But um, it's great that the lads, and like, I think we saw yesterday, like how good Westmead can be, like a a right good side. Um, we'd have come across some challenges over the years. And they played in the league last year, and um, really, really good. A lot of good footballers, and I think you know they'll they'll, they'll come again. You know, um, but Westmead are a classy outfit. Um, you know, um, you know, I, I would have thought they, they 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 would have been one of the teams to get promotion in Division Three this year. You know, um, so look, it'll be an inter-training game. Kevin are only much the champions from was it two yeah. years ago? You know, years um, ago, yeah. and, and and Westmead. So yeah, I'm not sure what day it's on. Is it on before the? I think it's on it's for the semi-final tonight. Sunday, is it? Yeah. Sunday game, yeah. So it'll be great for the great for both counties that they're up there and um there'll be big crowded obviously um whatever semi-finals on the Sunday people will be going to that. So I think it's great and um hopefully it'll, it'll continue to be like that, you know. Yeah, no. I was just I was curious to see um what your opinion on it, because obviously like it was so late knowing if you're gonna get promoted um and who was gonna be playing in it, because it was always interesting because just talked to a few players that obviously weren't playing it, they were kind of saying to me that the wretch would have been nice to play in it this year, do you know what it was going, because everybody bought into it and uh, mm. it seems to be like even the two games the weekend, there was nothing negative about any game, both teams or all four teams going out to win the game, so it was exciting and like you said about the Offaly, they're a young team and they have a bit of success underage, but oh, I just want to say thanks for taking the time to to join me today, I'm, I'm getting used to all this interviewing crack and I always feel weird asking questions, but uh when uh, the lads were telling me we were going to get a chance to talk to you, I was looking forward to it because um, I think it was around five or six years ago, I was with a fitness company and I was hearing about, it was only when you took over and all the work that was going in underage for Limerick and there was a Twitter page, it was a Limerick football Twitter page and I started following it just out of curiosity yeah. to watch the progress. So I've been a, a very, I hide it back as a Limerick supporter following the football in the last couple of years and obviously hoping now for more Kerry Limerick yes. uh, Monster Finals because I remember the days of John Galvin catching balls over the crossbar himself and Darrow remind and me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, remind me Darrow I, I would have been involved at the time with, with Liam you know Jesus we won't forget that too 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 easily anyway you know but um, yeah. yeah they were great days it's, uh, the, the different times back then down um, yeah. you know obviously SNC wasn't as you know I, I, I think um you know, the days of trying to get back up today are, are going to be more challenging for counties like us. You've got a lot of S&C and teams are balanced out in that. You know, sometimes you might have got an edge an age on, on, on teams that might have been thinking further down the line. Not that I'm saying that Kelly were thinking that at the time, but it, um, the S&C now is taking it to a new level altogether and it's hard to bridge the gaps, you know. Um, yeah. But they were great days and um, three and four and ten. Um yeah. Well, I was in Killarney, whatever it is about Killarney, there's always a sunny sun shining. Well, yeah, <laughs> always for a Munster final, sun shining, and there's always yeah. a great buzz. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a great town for the, for the Munster final. I tell you, it's, it's, it's a fantastic. Uh, Tullos is another great place to go to, you know, but um, 
Yeah, it was great times. I actually, great memories. Look, you know, ultimately, yeah. I don't think people sit and look at their medals when they're finished playing. That they, they think of the memories and and the friendships they've made and the support structures they have around them from their friends. And I think that's the ultimate of of team sport. You know. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. And uh, to be honest, that's such a great great place to leave it because I think if I ask another question, I'll only ruin the interview. <laughs> but no uh, thanks again, Billy, and hopefully I might catch you down here um, with Dodos or, or in Bunker sometime. <laughs> We're down that path. I'm my good friends down there. I'll, I'll, I'll call in for sure. Paddle, say hello to Paddle and yourself. I might have, might have to spend a day Do or two. Do come down there. here to Ross Point. We'll look after you down the beach. No problem. No all right. Cheers, Billy. Bye thanks yourself. very much. Bye. Cheers. Bye, them. Uh, before we go today, we just want to pay our respects from everyone here at the GR to Damien Casey, his family, his friends, his teammates, following his tragic accident in Spain. Um, he was a huge figure in Tyrone hurling, uh, a legend of the game up there, and would probably go down as their greatest ever hurler. Um, so we just want to pay our respects to Damien Casey and his family and all his friends and teammates. And a big thanks to Keenan Eamon for joining me today and a huge mention to Billy Lee for joining me for a little interview. Uh, we'll be back next week with the All-Ireland quarterfinals taking place. See you then. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Darren O'Sullivan on Sports Joe. The final whistle is all over. Jim Gowan, Jason Sherlock embrace. Dublin are the history makers. Today, Sean Kavanagh, who is a brilliant footballer, but I'll tell you what, you can forget about Sean Kavanagh as far as he's a man. O'Sullivan, oh, that was absolutely brilliant. What about that for skill from Darren O'Sullivan? Kieran McCall, it's high, it's over! Will he ever get a more vital one than that? The transition talk, I think Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Well, Joe Bradley, what do you think of that? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.